As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, what's up, everybody? Long time no speak. Just kidding, of course. Uh, Welcome in, everybody, to the Buffalo Beat. The Bills securing their first AFC East division title since 1995. The 25-year drought for that is over. And they've just been, you know, crushing drought after drought since (laughs) Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean took over in 2017. And this is the latest drought to... uh, to fall victim, and uh, it was done because the Bills had a complete and total victory over the Denver Broncos on the road, winning forty-eight to nineteen, absolutely dominating the now five and nine Broncos to where the Bills are once again the toast of the NFL, and a lot of people considering them to be right in the mix to contend for a Super Bowl this season. So a lot is in front of the Bills, and we're going to go over all of it this evening. My name is Joe Biscalia, and my podcast co-host, as always, is Matthew Fairburn. Matthew, this game was just, I mean, it it was a bigger win than I was expecting. Um, You know, I, I figured that they would beat the Broncos pretty handily, but I don't know that I expected them to completely dismantle this, this team. And the way in which they did it, both on offense and on, and in defense, and even though Andre Roberts fumbled that one um, that one punt return opportunity, um, bringing a a return back for I think over fifty yards uh, into Broncos territory to start the to start the second half. I mean, it, it's just another example of a total three phase uh, type of victory, and they were just unstoppable today. Yeah, it was really a a ruthless game from them um they did not hold back at all and you know they they've really found out who they are and and they lean into it um when they need to and today they felt like they needed to they were up 21 to 13 at halftime clearly weren't uh, all that pleased with it they came out in the third quarter and outscored the broncos 21 to nothing in the third quarter Josh Allen had more passing yards in the third quarter than Drew Locke had in the entire game. Uh, They had 170 yards in the third quarter. The Broncos had all of nine. So that's basically where this game broke wide open for the Bills. They absolutely ripped the Broncos apart uh, in that third quarter. And then, you know, they could have coasted in this game. They really could have you know, beating the Broncos pretty easily, especially after that, uh, you know, start to the the second half. But they just kept throwing. They just kept pouring on the points and and really getting after it. Finally, you know, in the fourth quarter, they they seemed to to ease up a bit, take some guys out of the game, which was a wise move, uh, especially considering Stephon Diggs got a little banged up. Um, but yeah, it, it struck me as very much they came in with that that mindset to say, 
they were they were not going to leave any doubt. They were going to come in and they were going to win this one emphatically. They were not going to, you know, there was going to be no talk about not enough style points or, you know, not being able to finish games or not being able to, you know, pull away in the third quarter. They just wanted to bury all of it. They wanted to bury 25 years of not winning the division. They wanted to bury all the talk about them not winning games in dominant fashion or whatever else. And they did all that. And now, you know, they're sitting here with two games left with the division all wrapped up and, you know, still plenty of their goals uh, right out in front of them. It's kind of remarkable to think that had it not been for that Hail Mary at the end of the game in Arizona caught by DeAndre Hopkins, that this team would potentially have a pretty great shot and a pretty great look at a 14 and two record, which is just unbelievable and, and way above expectation um, that even the most optimistic of people might have had for for this team. They are doing all of the things that the great teams do around this time of season. And I don't say that lightly because I know what that means, and I think everybody knows what that means. I mean, when you see teams that are able to put together victories like this one, and of course, you keep it in perspective, it's the Denver Broncos, they stink. They have a lot of injuries that they've been dealing with. Uh, their their offensive line is kind of in shambles too. Um, their quarterback uh, has mostly struggled this season. Has had some nice moments throughout the year, but when you have uh, when you have that type of opponent in front of you, teams can very easily just allow that team to hang around. Like look at the Packers tonight. Uh, going up against the Panthers. Now the Panthers, they're a tough out by all means, but they were also uh, they were also four and nine heading into the game, and the Packers just kept on letting them hang around, letting them hang around, and they did that at Lambeau. Um, not to say that the Packers are a bad team by any means, but it's very it's a very real thing with parity in the NFL being what it is, and a lot of times you see just close games, regardless of you know, the strength of the opponent. And for the Bills to just slam that shut with everything that they did on offense, Josh Allen on another heater like he was at the beginning of the season, uh, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, just absolutely dominant as wide receivers. The run game was going to close out the game uh, at the end with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary both getting over 50 yards individually in the fourth quarter. And... And then the defense just being outstanding all game again. I mean, this is right now when you are only two weeks away from the start of the playoffs. This is when you want to see your team looking like the way the Bills are looking right now. It doesn't guarantee that they're going to be do they're, they're going to do anything with it. Maybe more than one playoff win or maybe even getting to the AFC championship game, but it puts them in the conversation. It puts them in the race. The Bills, they're they're Super Bowl contenders. It's there's no escaping it. And this is this result is just further affirmation of them hitting this window and really just or you know, we we've we've uh, kind of gone away from using the term the window. The door is wide open. The door doesn't even exist anymore for the Bills. And the fact that they are playing this way at this point in the year, I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of teams that are not looking forward to seeing them in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to see them at any point in the playoffs because true. they can beat anybody playing the way that they're playing right now. I mean, they... The way they've played basically since October, they've lost only one game since then, uh, it being the Hail Mary game. And they're now, I think, playing defensively a way that they can certainly they can beat the Chiefs. You know, they can come out of the AFC and go to the Super Bowl. They can once you get to the Super Bowl, you can win the Super Bowl. So it's all right there. 
you know, you have a quarterback playing as well as just about any quarterback in the league, right up there with, with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. You've got a, a defense that is starting to look like the 2019 defense that was, you know, among the top 10 defenses in football. You've got a receiver who's playing about as well as any receiver in the NFL. Uh, you know, maybe you could throw out a couple other names that are that are his equal, but uh, not too many playing better than he's playing. An offensive coordinator that's dialed in as a play caller, uh, a team that is clearly motivated, a head coach that is striking all the right chords, uh, and and really has this team locked in and focused. They're reasonably healthy depending on, you know, the news that comes out with Stefan Diggs so far. Um, it looks positive, but compared to a lot of teams this time of year, they're, they're reasonably healthy. Now it's about, all right, next two weeks, you know, how do you handle it? What do you do to strike the balance between staying hot the way that they are? Because the playoffs don't start tomorrow. If they did, this would be easily the most dangerous team in the field. Uh, they start in two weeks. How do you stay the most dangerous team in the field? What's the balance between getting some rest and staying healthy while also, you know, keeping things, um, you know, rolling in the right direction. So that's something they haven't really had to deal with too much around here. Uh, they rested starters last year, uh, in week 17. I don't think that had really much effect at all, uh, on what they did in the first round of the playoffs, but, now it's just a you know a different different game they're playing, and I think they recognize that. I think they know it. They as much as there was an appreciation and a respect for what they had done tonight, uh, you know, in winning the division for the first time since 1995, it's obvious that they had they have much bigger things in mind. Uh, they're they're a team that you know isn't going to be too lost in what they did. They're they're able to sit back and appreciate it, but. It's one step to where they want to be. And now you win a division with two weeks to go. You guarantee yourself a home playoff game. That's why I say they can beat anybody. They can win the whole thing because it's all right there. Uh, and I think they, they realize that. It, it feels like they've started to realize that over the last month. All these NFL players talk about the Super Bowl as the goal, and they talk about that in August. And you can tell that you can tell the difference when somebody actually believes it and, and actually starts feeling that it could happen. And I get that feeling with some of these guys. Yeah, definitely. The The way that, um, the, the way that, uh, Tredavious white was talking after the game, uh, Dion Dawkins, uh, the way, the way that he was kind of trying to summarize his feelings, even though he hadn't totally like thought about it fully, um, and, and how far they've come and, and what they have ahead of them and everything like that. And, you know, the, a lot of them were, were kind of keeping it a little bit, uh, a little bit reserved, you know, McDermott included, but even McDermott couldn't help himself at times just to think about what this whole thing has been building up to and, and having them at this spot right, right now. And it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, easy to say that they are, at this point in time ahead of schedule to where they probably thought they would be this year. You know, they, they set the terms at the beginning of the season saying, you know, they want to capture the division and they've gone out and done that they, mission accomplished. Uh, it, it was going to be the next step in that build. And they've been very um, regimented in what they are expecting from one year to the next. But now is a, is a clear as day opportunity to potentially take what is an above expectation year and make it the marquee season, perhaps of the Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean era for many years to come. Now they they would probably sit there and go, okay, well, um, you know they've got a lot of guys coming back, guys getting older. Josh Allen's going to be getting older, but they're not they're not going to have as talented a top to bottom roster as they as they have right now probably ever again because of rising salary cap costs for all of their young core talent you know when you have when you have Allen still on his rookie deal and and you know Milano is still on his rookie deal and 
Dawkins is still technically on his rookie deal, even though he got a he got a pay bump. Tremaine Edmonds is another one. Uh, Tredavious White is on a little bit of a reduced cost because this was supposed to be uh, his fourth year in his in in his contract. So all of these different things are working in their favor, where they have all of this depth all over the place. They might not have a better look at it, uh, all things considered, and you know they 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 want to have it that way, but. There's no doubt that this is a rare opportunity that's in front of them. And whatever the course may be, I think it's probably important that they go into this coming game, stay sharp against the Patriots, and take care of a team that's that's on the ropes of even being in the playoffs. They might, not, they might be eliminated by the time the Bills face them anyway. But um, going there and sweeping the Patriots is another thing for this team that, that can kind of get them going for for uh this week 16 game and then from there you know it's probably in their best interest to i i guess depending on what happens with the titans and or colts um it's probably in their best interest to rest some of their guys in in that week 17 game to you know just make sure to take out a variable and make sure that you have everyone that you need for the more important game, which is trying to win a championship in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, it's they're probably going to have to rest some guys. We saw that that's their their mo um, when they did it last year. There was pretty much nothing to play for last year. They might be in a spot where there is something to play for this year. And as we discussed this week, it's a matter of how important you view that. Uh, second round of guaranteed home field advantage, but there's a, a pretty tangible benefit to to getting some rest, especially um, if it means getting some guys uh, healthy, depending on how things shake out between now and that last game of the season. So uh, definitely a luxury for them to have that. And, you know, it's it's the age old debate, the debate that, you know, the Bills aren't overly familiar with but you know the one of you know how you stay hot or you know get get that needed rest it's it's going to be quite the ride for these guys because the way that they play and the way their quarterback is playing makes them you know as explosive a football team as there is going right now uh, and that is you know, a credit to a lot of different people. It starts with the guy under center. Uh, the guy up in the booth, uh, Brian Dable, is calling all the right shots right now. Um, that deep ball to Stefan Diggs, probably the best deep ball I think I've ever seen Josh Allen throw. Um, it, was, it was gorgeous, yeah. It, it was pretty much perfect, 55 yards, like, on the money. Um Evidently a play that Josh Allen wanted himself, uh, went over and told Ken Dorsey he wanted that play. They were already up. Um, they were up huge, 30. They were up by like 21 points. They didn't need that play. And yet Brian Dable knew Josh wanted it and said, all right, you know, go for it. And, you know, trusted him that if it wasn't there, he would take the check down or get rid of the ball and not force it. But, Josh Allen saw something in the defense, thought they could get a quick count, and it would be Stephon Diggs in a foot race against uh, the Broncos' corner. He was right, and he nailed the throw. Which there's just a confidence and a a a confidence in himself and a trust in his receivers that just hasn't been there before this year, and mm-hmm. it just keeps building and growing and growing. And it's a it's a crazy thing when it all comes together this way, and. It, like you mentioned, it doesn't always happen like this. Your quarterback won't always be playing the best football of his life in December uh, of a playoff run. Your team won't always have this mix of veteran players on defense, the newcomers and and the young guys coming into their prime at the right time. You won't always have all these things working in concert the way that they are. And that's why, you know, people out there that are, thinking like, yeah, okay, winning the division is not the goal, right? Winning the division is not, you know, you don't get much for that other than a hat and a t-shirt and a a banner uh, if you want one. But, you know, doing it against the five, five, now five and nine Broncos, 
you know, down to three healthy cornerbacks, you know, it is what it is. They're not, you know, all that impressive an opponent, but seeing everything come together the way it is, is probably what is giving fans the justified feeling that there's something special about this team and something, uh, special about this moment and this, Mm -hmm. this run that they're on and that they could continue to be on. And, um, as I mentioned, it's completely justified because they have all the ingredients of a championship team, including the ones that often seem out of a team's control. It's not just a, a roster move or a player acquisition. I'm not talking about those ingredients. It's about the, you know, everything kind of coming together at the right time, regardless of what sport it is, that stuff needs to happen. Timing and, uh, some good fortune uh, in terms of health and how things break and, and just how, you know, some teams hit this peak in September uh, through no fault of their own necessarily. And the way it's all working for the bills, it's all, you know, it's all very, very much trending towards big things uh, Mm -hmm. next month. If they can keep it going. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's one thing that you hit on there about Josh Allen and having the confidence and to go up to Dorsey and and say, hey, I, I want this play, and then for Dable to have the confidence in him, but... For in order for all that to have happened, Josh Allen has to be mentally with it before the snap. And the fact that he is identifying these things pre-snap, and it's not just that play, it's all over the game. I mean, when he is spotting when the Broncos are going to be in zone, which is more often than not because they're usually a zone-based team, or when they were um moonlighting and man coverage which was you know a uh a cataclysmic error <laughs> on the broncos part on several occasions um then he recognized it and he went to exploit it taking what the the defense was giving him and the only way that he knew where he was going to go or have a an educated guess where he was going to go with the ball was because of all of it, all of his pre-snap leanings and and being able to identify all of these different things that the broncos might be throwing at him and that in itself, besides the accuracy that his that has bumped up, besides the outright confidence and you know you know putting together uh, huge yardage performances and tons of touchdowns, like that mental part of it, that's that is elite level stuff right now. And Allen, even though that part of his game was kind of slow coming to him. It just seems like he is... You know how we talked about that a, a few podcasts ago about those guys that are just kind of... Um, sti- they're... Pro- the, I, I'm, I'm struggling to find the words here. But just the way that they... If defenses try to attack them one way, then they always have an answer. And... You know, Allen wasn't that guy when we were talking about it, but I think he might be getting closer to that guy. And it's just it's just kind of remarkable to see what he was at the beginning of last year, even, and what he is right now, doing all of these things at a at an incredibly high level, even though 
each team that they face are coming up with some different wrinkle to try and defend him. There's just there's just not an answer for Josh Allen right now. And it's it's been crazy to track. You know, I didn't think he would get to this level this quickly, but he's here. He's an MVP candidate. And um, should the Packers and the Chiefs falter uh, over the last few weeks, then the Bills might wind up having the league's MVP on their roster, which is insane to think about. Yeah, he's now much more he's in that group with them it felt like it was Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and then Josh Allen and now it feels like Josh Allen is in that in that group with them and he's got 39 total touchdowns which is a huge number and it's not bad you know Aaron Rodgers is is lighting lighting up the world as well didn't have you know, an all world game against the Panthers tonight, but you know, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. But I mean, either way, what the bills have is, you know, a quarterback having a special season and a, you know, what you mentioned with Allen processing the game. I think a lot of it is, you know, there's a confidence factor in himself. There's a trust in the players around him, but the the relationship he has with Brian Dable, we don't always see the inner workings of, you know, when you watch games around the league. And we've talked about this before. The it, It's hard to critique play calling all the time, other than the obvious stuff of Absolutely. You know, why are you running or passing in this situation or you don't always see the concepts unfold in real time. You don't always know about the back and forth, but even getting the small glimpses into it, like the one Josh Allen provided tonight or the ones that, that Brian Dable will occasionally provide the day after games when he speaks to the media, I, I think it shows that there's some there's something working between the two of them. And it's probably going to get Brian Dable hired as a head coach in a couple months, but it's, it's what is causing this offense to be one that feels like it won't be stopped, at least not consistently. Uh, It feels like when they take the ball, even when they got the ball at the five yard line, it was like, yeah, they're probably going to move down the field and have a chance to score here. And they don't even have a very good running game. It's mostly just their passing offense. Their running game is fine. It's not, um, off, I don't think it's as awful as it occasionally looks because in the stat sheet because they don't run the ball all that often, period. But the way they throw the ball and the way that Brian Dable is calling plays, it resonates throughout the team. It's a, it has a real um, you know confidence and energy building factor within the group. And, and John Feliciano said tonight, you know that that they're at their best when they're aggressive. That's what they want to be on all three phases, an attacking team. And they're starting to, that is now who they are. That They're they're playing that way. All teams talk that way. Every, nobody says, I want to be a passive defense. I'd like to sit back and just let the other team, you know, take it to me. Nobody says that. But the teams that actually go out and do it and go out and throw the ball the way the Bills did in the second half and just, you know, really go for it the way that they have in the last you know, three weeks and really for most of the season, um, it, it's it's another element of what makes this a really good thing they have going in terms of the moment that they're in and how special it could be because play calling can be a pretty big factor in that too. Uh, you know, the the relationship between quarterback and coordinator and how the whole thing fits together is really important. And as I mentioned, you know, part of what makes it a, a precious moment and a special moment, Brian Dable might not be here in a couple months. Uh, this might be it. Uh, the, the better he does, the, the more likely he is to get hired as a head coach. And I wouldn't necessarily have even said a couple of months ago that he was 100% ready for that. Now I, he's starting to to prove it in a lot of different ways, a lot of little ways. And I do think he'll get hired. And that's another part of this that makes it a 
go, you know, go for it, go get it, go get the, the crown because, uh, everything is kind of in place the way you'd want it to be when you're, you're building this type of team. So, uh, they've certainly got, got all, all the, all the ingredients are working here right now. Yeah. You know what this team reminds me of, like which, which team and that I can, uh, in, in recent memory, you know, not to put incredible expectations on them, but the way that they were built, um, how the quarterback has just kind of taken a major leap forward, the way the defense has really just been rounding into form. They, they're giving me some strong 2014 Seahawks vibes. Um, not to say that this whole thing is going to end up in a Super Bowl win like it did la- for the Seahawks in 2014, but that year Russell Wilson was on his rookie deal. They um, he was in his third season, just like Josh Allen. The defense really took a step forward, um, specifically near the end of the season. They were more dominant a defense than the Bills are right now, but it was also a year when there weren't nearly as many points as as there are being scored in in this year's nfl um they had the receiver production they they had a little bit of everything um but they they had something that the 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 bills do not and that's a marshawn lynch which was a pretty important piece to the puzzle however there's just there's just some striking similarities to way to the way those teams are built and how they were defensive oriented teams that kind of evolved into a quarterback team because that quarterback took the next step. And uh, it's, it's very interesting trying to find parallels between teams you've seen before and the one that we're seeing unfold before us now, because there's no doubt. um, I think the word that you used was perfect for this special. There's something inherently special about how this bills team is playing and in the confines of what we have seen from them and also what we have seen around the league um, just as being observers, educated observers throughout uh, throughout uh, the last 10, 20 years of our lives. This Bills team has that formula that will give a lot of teams problems and we don't know where it's going to go. Um, it could wind up in a, in a first-round exit. Who knows? Uh, but all signs point to them being a major contender, um, maybe even deep in the playoffs. And what I think a lot of people are kind of raising their expect, expectations to to be that deep playoff contender to at least get to the second round of the playoffs, if not the AFC championship, and then and then battle it out from there. But the one thing that is not working in the Bills' favor is the fact that this AFC this season is damn good. And there are tough matchups everywhere you look, and, and the Bills are, outside of the Chiefs, the toughest of, of that AFC group. But... That doesn't mean that the Bills aren't, um, they aren't susceptible to losing a game to the Browns, to the Ravens, to the Colts, to the Titans, any one of these teams that they could find in the first round. You know, there is a just as strong a likelihood as as them, you know, completing that that victory the way that a lot of people think that they will. Uh, there's also the randomness in the NFL that that could say, okay, it could be a first round exit, even though this team has is showing all these special tendencies. There's just a lot to consider, but when you look at them from a historical approach, you know, there, I, I the that Seahawks team just keeps coming back to my brain and and how they were how they were molded, how they kind of came to their uh, came into their own. And interestingly enough, Heath Farwell is, was uh, on that roster that season, the Bills special teams coordinator. Is that the are you are we talking 2013 season and 2014 Super Bowl or 2014 season and 2015 Super Bowl? Because they went I to am, this, both Super Bowls. I am talking about the. They won the Super Bowl in 2014. They went. 13, oh, I'm getting. I'm well, getting them mixed. I was tw- getting them slightly mixed up. The one the year that they won the Super Bowl was Russell's second year. 
Yes. And, and okay. So yeah, I, I mixed up his second and third the, uh, season. Very much not a team of destiny, evidently. Uh, they right. should have won that Super Bowl, but right. um, they forgot so, yes, that they that, had Marshawn Lynch. That 2013 into the 2014 Super Bowl, my mistake. Which was also a very good team. Uh, yes. And really both those years was you know a very good group and became kind of the model of you have your rookie quarter your quarterback on a rookie contract spend a bunch of money build the rest of the team and go get after it and they should have won two super bowls now mm-hmm. they've been in kind of this holding pattern with a really great quarterback who makes a ton of money and you know it becoming a little bit bit trickier so i think that's kind of the you know the the lesson in all of this and I think it's something that we've talked about quite a bit is that, you know, there's, you know, even some players have brought it up, you know, Deion Dawkins was talking about every season being different. Like this stuff doesn't happen all the time. You know, NFL seasons are hard. Uh, You can lose a lot of games very easily uh, and you can slip back just as easily as you climbed up uh, sometimes. And, there's probably not a better example than those Seahawks. Not that they've been a bad team since those two runs, but it is hard to be a team that run, you know, makes a run to the Super Bowl year after year. And you know, we don't know if this Bills team is capable of that. We know that they have the ability and all the the factors that we've talked about. Um, we don't know if they'll get there, but uh, even doing it once is not all that easy, uh, especially in the AFC. Uh, tough as it appears to be heading into the playoffs so they have everything they need Uh, now it's about you know staying hot and um, you know finding that that right formula because it will you know go up a notch in the playoffs you know you're playing all good teams you're uh, there's an intensity there Uh, but it'll be different too because you know, there won't be, there won't be fans. There might be fans. There's like an outside chance there will be fans at the, at a Bill's home playoff game. But even so, it won't be enough where you're having that traditional playoff atmosphere that you would normally get that can really send a, uh, you know, a a different uh, vibration uh, into the air. But still, I think there will be some of that, you know, intensity uh, to the playoff matchup and the, uh, you know, certainly with the caliber of opponent. And it's really the next thing that they have to prove, uh, the next thing that they have to show to themselves and to the rest of the world that they're capable of. And they've answered every other call this season, so there's not much of a reason to think they won't do it in, in a few weeks. Yeah, that's the next drought they have to break, winning a playoff game, because that is also 25 years old at this point. And, you know, they have as good of a chance as they have – they, they ever have since the turn of the century to do just that. So um, it could be another feather in the cap, but I don't really think, I think they're beyond those, those feathers in the cap at this point. I mean, they have, they, they broke the, through the playoff drought back in 2017. They got to the 10 win plateau for the first time uh, in, I think it was 20 seasons um, last year. And then this year they capture their first, a division title in 25 seasons that should be where the uh the moral victory sort of step ups um that should be where those conclude because once you get to that point it's like the only thing past that that is going to satisfy the now weightier expectations of the fan base is if you're contending for a championship starting this season and year in, year out. I mean, the Bills have been just, not to borrow a uh, a Doug Whaley term, but they have been in purgatory basically since 2000. There have been some juts up and down uh, with their win-loss record, but mostly it's been down. And the fact that it's fans have essentially been bludgeoned into thinking that you can't really say the word Super Bowl and <laughs> in serious context with the Bills. And the fact that it's just kind of this big thing where 
this coming of age sort of thing for for Bills fans everywhere to to actually seriously consider that this franchise is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I mean that all of that just just speaks to where this team is and where it where it needs to go from from this point forward. So the expectations are now there. I mean, coming into the year, even even after the the Cardinals loss, I, I think every Bills fan out there was probably like, all right, get to the division and then see what happens in the playoffs. But the way that they've looked since the bye week, I just don't think it's good enough anymore. I really don't. The, those those previous expectations are gone, and for good reason. They're, this this team is is too good and playing too well right now to expect anything less from them. Yeah, I think there's a difference between, you know, what them losing in the playoffs at some point is not going to be grounds for um, tear it down or anger or, you know, frustration or anything like that. But they've gotten to the point where losing at the in the playoffs at any point is going to be a massive gut punch whenever, mm-hmm. if it comes at all. Um, it's not, you know, the, the fans, I think, have gotten to a point where whether they expect it or not, you know, this, this, whether they expect a Super Bowl championship or not, they they now believe it's possible almost mm-hmm. a, almost across the board um and it, there's plenty of reason to it would be hard not to the way that they're playing and when you believe that that sets you up for um you know it, it to hurt in the playoffs and i think it hurt for a lot of people last year i'm sure it did of the way it went down but it's e- you know it's easy in july and august to sit there you know a lot of, as a lot of fans did hey if they get to the playoffs win the division and win a game in the playoffs, that's a pretty good season. That's easy to say. Now in the moment, they've won the division. Mm-hmm. If they get to the playoffs and beat the Colts and then get pasted by the Titans or something, that's not going to feel great for a lot of people. That's that's not that's going to leave, you know, kind of a wasted opportunity type of uh feeling, uh, you know, a a bit of a sour taste because there is now more on the line uh, because of everything we mentioned, kind of the, the, the special nature of what they have going on. So it's not a case of, Oh, they have to do this or this was a massive bust, but it's, it's a, it's just that, Hey, it's there. Go get it. Like, you know, how many times has this franchise been there and not gotten it you know that's what's defined them in so many ways uh, to a lot of people around the country and yeah well I, I just think people expectations go out the window when the playoffs actually start um, two months after the playoffs are over and two months before the season starts you can be in the right frame of mind as a fan to say, yeah, this would be a good season and this would be progress and this and that. When those playoffs start in that moment, we've seen it now a couple of times with this fan base, even down in Jacksonville, they were all in, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they throw all of themselves into this team and it's going to be even more. So with this team, obviously to the extent to which they can, um, you know, physically they, they won't be able to be there in the same way and the same numbers, but, there will still very much be that that emotional investment on a level that these fans haven't seen some of them in their entire life and others since uh, the early 90s it will all be very interesting to see how this team tries to keep it going over the last two weeks and who they end up facing in the first round of the playoffs and what seed they get so still a lot on the line. Let's give out some awards, shall we? And I think we have uh, stumbled upon a, another week where we have to do reverse awards like we did last week because, you know, there's there's really not that much to, uh, <laughs> to point out in a negative light from what the Bills did, especially because a lot of the guys that did do something poorly, they ended up atoning for it uh, by the end of the game. So we'll kick it off with the Blaine Gabbert Award for Perseverance uh, in this game. 
think there's a pretty obvious one, but I'm interested to to know who you think for this one, since the Blaine Gabbert Award is your namesake. This is uh, I think I'm gonna go with Jake Kumaro here. Oh wow! Okay. Um, catching a touchdown, you know. You just at, made Sal Mayer on a smile, by the way. You know, carved out a career in Green Bay, sort of, but you know, gets cast aside, toils away on the practice squad, and then there he is catching a touchdown, the 13th Buffalo Bill to catch a touchdown this season. Um, you know, I think Dawson Knox had another good game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which he's gotten this this honor before, um, but. Kumaro is the one I thought of because, you know, that's the whole point is kind of a guy that is uh, overcome. And anytime you've been bouncing around practice squads uh, and finally get your moment, first catch with the team is a touchdown. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to go with Andre Roberts in this game after uh, blowing a, uh, a punt return and allowing the Broncos to get in scoring uh, into scoring position, uh, but then coming back at the beginning of the second half and and putting the Bills uh, on the Broncos' side of the field, I thought that was a, a pretty good answer back from him. So I'll give him a, an honorable mention, Blaine Gabbard Award. For Definitely a worthy worthy candidate yeah. for sure. Because yeah, for the, the in game, in game within the game, uh, overcoming perseverance. Definitely, uh, you're gonna have. The occasional muffed punt, better to get it out of the way uh, in this game, I suppose, if you're Andre mm-hmm. Roberts. But again, just ripping off a huge return that sets them up. Um, it's why they they value him as highly as they do. We got to find a better word than muffed punt, right? I mean, I think it's a great word. You th- you think that we should continue to say muffed punt? It's one of the only instances in which you use that word which is kind of the best part about it i suppose it's just it i i i don't know like you muffed it it's like oh i know i know exactly what you're talking about when you say (laughs) i i suppose i just certainly the only time you use that word is a verb i just see that in the scorebook or in the game book for for all of these different games and i'm just like this is silly that this is the official term for this but i guess whatever um, I, it's it's always been just kind of a really we're we're going with muffed punt here. I I don't know neither here nor there. Okay, let's go to um the reverse Vontae Davis award for the player that showed up in the second half. I'll take this one and I will go with Zach Moss. His performance at the end of the fourth quarter was awesome. I mean, uh, on that, on the very first uh, drive of the fourth quarter for the Bills, he had seven rushes for 56 yards, including one that went for 26 yards, eight yards a carry, in a sequence in which the Broncos knew that the Bills were going to try to run it at them and run down the clock. And the Broncos were well out of the game, but... Moss showed all of the the vision, the physicality, the the burst, um, the ability to break tackles. All of these different things were evident, and it and it just showed that if they if their passing game was ever struggling, it just affirmed to me that Moss is the the prime candidate to be able to try and get them out of those doldrums. So. Uh, I really like what Zach Moss did in in the second half, and uh, yeah, that that fourth quarter, fifty six yards on a single drive. That's that's really stinking good. Yeah, the Devin Singletary had a a little run there as well at the end of the game. So yeah, they maybe that's enough to to spark these running backs to a little something, uh, a little something better uh, as they head into the last couple of weeks of the season. I mean, honestly. The way that they use the running backs is fine as long as Josh Allen is playing the way that he is. I mean, there's there's really no use in establishing the run if the pass is just so prolific. Like, occasionally run just to keep the defense honest, but who cares? Throw the ball 45, 50 times if, if Allen is, is on this type of heater like he is and just go with it from there. But it is 
good to see from a Bills perspective that Moss and Singletary can close out games the way that they did in this game. All right, let's go to the um, reverse Dre Archer Award for the player that showed up all game. Your thoughts? I'm going to go with Stephon Diggs. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. Stephon Diggs or Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen thrown for 359 yards and, and two touchdowns. I mean, we did talk about Rushing Josh Allen for a touchdowns. solid 25 minutes on this podcast. So. Yeah, but he deserves an award now and again, too. I uh, suppose, yeah. Stephon Diggs, though, 11 catches, 147 yards. Huge game from him again. Um, his foot will be the thing to follow over the next couple of weeks uh, as long as that checks out okay they've got a bona fide uh, number one receiver who's carrying their offense in a lot of ways and you know another big night from him and Beasley and and Josh Allen really the entire passing offense yeah no arguments there I mean Josh Allen was great um, and as was Diggs uh, I'll throw a special aside for uh when he was on the field and um playing and, and getting snaps thought matt milano was excellent uh this evening against the broncos and he looks like he's ready to return to his full role i don't know if they'll do it but um just as a as a quick aside in up until the point in which the bills were up i think it was 38 to 13 uh at that point of the game Milano was out snapping AJ Klein 27 to 17, which was about 61% of the snaps, which is an increase from what it was last week, which was just a little under 50%. So they're they're starting to ramp him up more and more. And I would expect by the time the playoffs get here that uh, he's going to be 100% snaps as long as he doesn't have any setbacks. Uh, all right, and then the last one is the Gotta Watch the Film Award. Uh, who, who are you thinking for this one? This is a tough one because we don't really have a reverse to it. Um, it. It can be for good reasons. Gotta Watch the Film. Or it could be for negative. I've got one. Um, I'll let you think a little bit longer. Gotta Watch the Film on the play at the goal the go-to play at the goal line to run out an offensive lineman on a pass route that wound up in a in a Josh Allen scramble for a touchdown but his first read was a tie in Seki who which con- coincidentally would have been his 14th um, pass catcher to catch a touchdown had he thrown it and completed it to him uh, in the end zone but that's a play that teams are very much ready for with them and they run it a lot in in goal line situations so got to watch the film to to see where it devolved on that play that's a good one i i think uh he was you know they were getting a little creative down near the goal line i think they're love the statue of liberty call that one was was very good um and you know what perhaps they were thinking hey Let's um, let's try to get that record. Uh, maybe Dable was <laughs> was really trying to get that record. Who knows? Um, How much do you think these guys uh, think about that stuff in the game, especially when they're up like they were? I think they're probably aware of it going into the game, and then I think it's probably uh, you know, well. Let's throw a few of these plays in there for these guys, just in case we have enough wiggle room to maybe go for the record. See, uh, I, I, I kind of wonder because, like, for the obvious ones, like let's say Allen was getting close to his 40th touchdown or whatnot, or you know, Stefan Diggs to the the franchise record in in receptions, uh, or or some or yards or something like that. But for something as like ridiculously uh, minuscule as how many players a, a quarterback has thrown a touchdown to within within a season? Like if they if they're if that's on their mind at all, like that's impressive to me more than anything. Uh, so maybe they were. I don't know. I, I just don't know what these what I've never been in that situation, so I don't know what they're thinking about while while they're going through this game. I feel like they know those things going in. Probably, yeah, probably. not. Probably not during the game. Um, but I don't know. When I see Ryan Bates going out for a tackle eligible, I start to get a little suspicious that they know more more than we think they do. 
that they're uh that they're paying attention i'll i'll give a a good gotta watch the tape to reggie gilliam for oh, yeah. the blocks his blocking on josh allen's touchdown run um because that is one that you do have to watch the tape to to mm-hmm. see the uh the impact of that because otherwise gilliam doesn't pop up pretty much anywhere on the stat sheet uh but that was some good old-fashioned blocking from the the rookie tight end slash fullback yeah he was more involved from a snap count perspective today than he had been in a while I mean, he had by my count he had 10 total which doesn't sound like a lot but when uh when he has been getting like two three four snaps most games tens a lot and uh they were they were trying to uh get him going a little bit so the, those those blocks were were really good i think that's a that's a great candidate for it so okay that that's the award section we uh we have successfully navigated the reverse award section once again and it's bill's team uh they're really really trying to push us out of our comfort zone i'd say yeah, they certainly are, and they're going to do it more so, I think, uh, in January. We'll see what they've, we'll see what they've got cooking. Um, these next two weeks are going to be uh, a little more relaxing than they typically are um, for a lot of fans out there. But the nerves probably need the rest uh, because mm-hmm. they're going to be they're going to be put to the test come wild card weekend. Oh yeah, um, I th- I think they're probably gonna uh, fans everywhere will want to see them pull the the season sweep of the Patriots. That would kind of be like the the cherry on top of of the season, uh, even if it wouldn't mean all that much to the players in the locker room. I think I think fans would probably look at that and go, "All right, you swept the Patriots, uh, you're." going to be at least five and one the division you won the division you're going to get to 12 wins for the first time in however long i haven't even looked it up um so yeah i I think that would be a a big thing for them so we'll see how it goes and how they approach this weekend's game how the injuries kind of play out underrated injury here whether or not daryl williams can play uh, because he sat out for a good portion of the game so we'll we'll see what happens there but everything is in front of this bills team and Two more regular season weeks to go, and then that's when the fun begins, when the Bills will be hosting a playoff game, at least one playoff game, and seeing if they can actually contend for a Super Bowl championship. All right, Matthew Fairburn, any sage words of wisdom for our listeners today? I've got nothing. Um, Is it bet the over? Because I feel stupid. The over was a good play. (laughs) It was kicking. Tried to warn folks. Bills almost hit the over on on that's what I mean. Their own scoreboard. Uh, they were very close. As I said, it's kind of a bet over whether one team will get to thirty. Uh, it's certainly a safe bet when one team will get to forty. Um, Bills almost got to fifty. So uh, if you bet the over, you were feeling pretty good. Uh, pretty much by the end of the third quarter, I think that yeah. that bet hit. So um, that was a pretty good win for some folks out there and i'd say the bills quite easily covered that that spread of theirs oh yeah definitely did you see uh late that it was moving in the direction of the broncos um i think it got down to five and a half at one point and i'm like no it got down to five even and i'm like what are what are people seeing what am what am i missing here that people are are betting on the broncos and then like right after that it started to go back up to bills minus six i'm like all right, still kind of fishy just because I didn't really think the Broncos were even six points close to the Bills, but, you know, be it as it may. And then, uh, oh, by the way, in in uh, favor of the under, not for this game, but the Panthers-Packers game uh, fell under the, uh, the total by 12.5 points. So the under, not always a bad play. Got to defend it. Not a bad play, but sometimes not not a fun on a, play on a day like today. Not a very fun play, and, certainly not. Um, so yeah, keep betting the over, and 
if you went to the airport, make sure you're wearing your mask. Yeah, that was a request by Bills players. Um, Not just wearing your mask at the airport. Wear the mask wherever the hell you go for the next two weeks because there were a lot of people at the airport. Yeah. All right. Um, That'll do it for us. We hope everyone enjoys the the day, uh, the Sunday of football, if you listen to this before those games kick off. Um, And then... The build up to the Bills next. Oh God, it's another primetime game, Monday night game. Uh, I keep forgetting that they just have this string of of primetime games. So, kind of like a a mini buy for the Bills, uh, playing on a Saturday, getting all the a, a couple of days of rest at least before their Monday night game against the Patriots. So, yeah, there's uh, there's there's a lot to uh, look forward to there for them. All right, so for Matthew Fairburn, uh, my name is Joe Biscalia. If you haven't yet, please head over to theathletic.com slash thebuffalobeat and subscribe uh, to The Athletic to read all of the things that uh, both Matthew and I write, as well as Tim Graham uh, on the Bills, uh, John Vogel on the Sabres, and uh, just about any other sport or team you would want to read about. We've got it over there at The Athletic. Just go to theathletic.com slash thebuffalobeat to jump in on the buy one, gift one um, special we're running for subscriptions until December 26th. So be sure to jump on that right now. All right. For Matthew Fairburn, my name's Joe Biscalia. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Buffalo Beat. We will talk to you later next week. See you then.